1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash
2: pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much, Lisa. Welcome to the Oilers Nation Radio Playoff Prediction Show finally boys we are here we are ready to talk playoffs we are going to spend the next hour doing so i am bag milk i'm here with tyler remchuk rick's here nation dan's here we're going to break it all down one more game left in the regular season against the vancouver canucks tomorrow we're going to look at that too lots going on first i want to thank our friends at sherwood for the giant again spring is in the air maybe out in the road getting a road trip in going to going to drive to the mountains maybe get your vehicle in order Oil change, new tires, a little bit of service for the the summer. Maybe you just need a new whip entirely. Our friends at Sherwood Ford are there to help. Again, boys, Broncos. Playoff Broncos. We've got five days, four days, whatever it is, to make it happen. Sherwood Ford, four Broncos, four days to make it happen. Let's go. Follow them on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giants. But as we do every week on Oilers Nation Radio, we start off with the Sherwood Ford Giant Question of the Week, so I turn it over to my friend Tyler Uramchuk.
0: The Sherwood Ford giant question of the week. It's almost playoff time. And I think we asked this question before the series in Chicago against Chicago in the summer as well, but we're going to throw it out there again. Edmonton's playoff hero, Fernando Pisani, obviously cemented his legacy back in 2006. So which oiler will be this year's Fernando Pisani? Who will be that player who has their career defining moment in the playoffs Who? not necessarily comes out of nowhere, but finds a way to play their best hockey when it means the most, who's going to be this year's Fernando Pisani? That's the question.
3: I love this question too, because the thing about Fernando is that it kind of came about out of nowhere. If you remember, like he had a decent season in 2005, 2006, but when the playoffs came, he really cranked it up, scored some monstrous goals. And I think that we should just add a little caveat here, Tyler. Yep. This can't be one of the usual suspects. No, we know Connor's going to Connor. We know Leon's going to Leon. Let's look at somewhere else on the roster. I want to. am just going to throw it out. Who wants to start? Who is Pisani? 2021.
1: I'll start. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, I think I think a guy that's set up for it, it, just not even not even just his skill level, but the fact that everybody's just kind of quiet on him is Gaton Haas. I think there's a guy. Um,
3: <laughs> Frank
2: got, does not Frank like Gaiton Haas. Yeah. Right Gaetan. away, Frank was all over that
1: uh but for me his speed his he's he just he's got that determination that that you like to see from a fernando Pisani type uh frank is now in the frame and uh <laughs> letting me know he's voicing his verbal displeasure right in front of the camera at me uh but yeah i'm still going with it frank i'm sorry but Gaton haas for me will be the guy that we can count on for maybe not the what 14 goals that uh, Fernando Pisani gave uh-huh. us but you know pushing that pushing that 10 mark by the end of uh, by the end of the Western Conference finals
2: see I think I think you're close but the thing with Gaetan Haas is I don't think he actually gets in every game I don't exactly. I, I'm not even sure he gets in the first game uh, I think the uh, much like your player though I, I'm going with uh, Josh Archibald. <laughs> um, he's going to get as did uh, Pizani, he's going to get a little bit of uh, PK time um and he's also he's, he's got the speed man he's got the opportunity to move up and down the lineup when he gets hot he can pop some so you know what if we had to pick somebody who's not you know in the top six or at least you know four of the top six um down in the bottom six for uh, uh goal scoring I think he's probably your best bet
3: I'm a little bit upset because I was going to pick Josh Archibald I think that he's got he's got finish you know he's got jam he's got grit he's got wheels He's the kind of player that can make a difference in the playoffs. Uh, Looking at the roster, who do I want to go with now? Mm. You know who I think is going to come up big? And I think that it's going to be huge if he does, is a guy that has a cup ring on this roster. He plays in the bottom parts of the The old answer. Uh, It's the answer. Alex Chiazon is going to be the guy that I pick. He plays power play minutes, so he's going to get a chance to score some goals there. He can score at five on five. That line with McLeod Neal has been relatively effective over the last little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that Chiazon has got the tools to be that guy. He's he's not going to kill penalties like Fernando did, but he can contribute at five on five, and he can also contribute on the power play. The guy's got a shot, he's got size. He's got experience. And I think for a young team like the others, I think Dave tip is probably going to lean on those guys that have got a little bit more playoff experience. And I think Alex chase is the one that could do it. We used to call him the answer. Maybe he will be the answer. Once more chase on gets my vote. My
0: vote. You're, you're close to me, bag milk, but I'm on the other side of the ice. I'm going with the real deal himself. James Neal. He's starting to play some really good hockey right now. He scored against Montreal. He's had a ton of other chances, three points in his last three games. And most importantly, he is a guy who knows what it takes in the playoffs. Over 100 career games in the Stanley Cup playoffs, 33 career goals. We have seen it go back to the beginning of last season when that guy was scoring in bunches early on. When he gets going, maybe gets a little bit of that shooting percentage luck as well. James Neal can do some damage. He's looking good right now. Dave Tippett clearly put an emphasis on getting him going before the playoffs. And I think uh, James Neal is going to make Dave Tippett look pretty smart in the postseason. Maybe again, maybe not 14 goals, but I think James Neal's uh, offensive output will be significant and it could make him this year's Fernando Pisani.
3: It's going to be James Neal. I like that pick too, because... The guy's starting to pick up some points now that he's back in the lineup. He's starting to look a little he's starting to look better. And just like Chase if they want a different look on the power play, they throw him out there as the net front presence. We know he's got the hands, he's got the shot. It's the old boots that need a little bit of work. So I think that I think, Ch- uh, I think James Neal's another solid pick. If you listen to this right now, hit us up, Owen Radio Podcast, on Twitter and Instagram. I want to know who your 2021 version of Pisandi is.
1: Another sneaky pick might be a guy who's had two goals in his last two games, and that's Dominic Cahoon. He kind of, I think a lot of people kind of wrote him off as, yeah. a, as a part of this team. But, you know, same kind of issue, I think, as Gaetan Haas has, where he's maybe not in in every game. But once you once you start chipping in in that bottom six role, the coach is hard, hard pressed to take you out again. So... Yeah, I, I think it's I think that there's some there's some good opportunity here for us to find a James or a, sorry, not a James Neal, find a Fernando Pisani out of the mix.
0: And I want to throw this in there as well. Like Ryan Nugent Hopkins doesn't belong in this conversation because he is one of the Oilers better players. But I really want to see Nuge have a good playoff run yep. here, like for everything he's kind of been through, for the portion of the fan base that is for some dumb reason soured on him, all that stuff. I want to see Nuge have a strong playoffs and Beg milk. I got a buddy who, uh, like yourself, diehard Nuge fan. He loves the guy. And we were were texting the other day, just getting hyped up about the playoffs. And he was like, you have no idea what I would give to see Ryan Nugent Hopkins score a big goal or an overtime winner. Can you imagine a Nugent Hopkins overtime winner in the playoffs? That little leg up, throw it home, and how fired up he'd get. Oh, my mustache brother, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. All I want out of this playoff run is A, a Stanley Cup, obviously. But the other thing, I want a Ryan Nugent Hopkins OT winner.
3: I think it would be... Obviously, he is still negotiating his contract extension. Uh, Frank Sarabali, they were talking about it on insider trading yesterday. The others have made multiple offers. They're still going back and forth. It seems like both sides want to get it done. Uh, whether or not that happens, we still have you know we still have plenty of time before free agency kicks in. But for Nuge, a strong playoff run can go a long way into making that contract happen. Clearly, there's yeah. a divide there between the organization and the player. Who knows how far apart they are. But a playoff push where he sinks meaningful goals all over the place when you need them, that could go a long way to bumping up that total for him. So I am very hopeful that Nuge can get that done because also since he's come back from his concussion, he's playing some of the best hockey of the season. He just scored an absolute laser beam of a goal from, from way out on Wednesday night against Habs. He's starting to get that shot back. Tyler texted me as soon as it went in he's starting to get that mojo back. And I think yep. that this could be a big time for Ryan New- Nugent Hopkins.
1: And to your point to bag milk, the other side of it is even if he does do the intangible stuff, the stuff that doesn't show up on the score sheet and this team goes on a deep run that may, you know, may help the player decide that he wants to stick around and, and be a part of something special going forward too. So yeah, it, only good things can happen for Nugent Hopkins and any player in a kind of a negotiation situation. Um, and especially if he can start to, to, to produce like we know he can.
3: If there's one thing that some, some withers fans hate, it is when a player is negotiating a new contract, isn't it? There is something about a new contract for players in this city that it just does not go well. It just doesn't.
1: I don't people know. Were, people were responding with that kind of stuff. When, when we posted the Cassian highlights yesterday, it's like yeah. he only does that in a contract year. Well, we've only been in the playoffs in a contract year for Cassian. So that's not really his fault, is it?
3: Again, I want to know who your answer is. Who's the Pisani in 2021? Hit us up, ON Radio Podcast. It could be anybody outside of the major contributors. All right? So not Connor, no Leon. We're taking Nuge off the board as well. Maybe you think He plays. He plays on the first line with Connor. But you know what? If he goes nuclear in the playoffs and the big man starts sinking him even more than he is, that could be a real problem for the Jets. That can be a real problem for the Jets. We will find out starting on Wednesday. In the meantime, head on over to skipthedish.ca get yourself something to eat. It is a Friday afternoon. It's beautiful. It's supposed to be lovely tomorrow. We've got a matinee coming up at 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Wrap up the season. We'll start playing Closing Time by Semi-Sonic right before the game starts. But get yourself something to eat. Maybe some wings, Tyler. Some midday wings. That'd be Um, nice.
0: Or maybe get uh, some matzo sticks driven in from Arby's.
3: I, I, I mean, I, I just don't understand you. You're the only person ever in the world that gets matzo sticks from Arby's. They're so good. Getting off the rails here for a second, we were going to go do axe throwing at our last Christmas party we were able to have. And we stopped for a pregame meal at Arby's, which we do. And then all of a sudden, Tyler's just like, I'll take the matzo sticks. Everybody's like, what the fuck?
2: Yeah, they're pretty good. And the marinara sauce is top-notch it's, it's decent i have a couple better sauces in my fridge but uh I'm, i'll i'll tell you the mozza sticks are pretty good you gotta eat them fast that cheese it starts to cool off a bit and you're, you're in trouble there it's just like stuffed crust pizza but guys it's a day game on a saturday it's super duper nice outside skip the dishes also does skip the uh the old booze Yep. so just uh maybe order a little bit of liquor there it's a it's a saturday afternoon have a couple of drinks, sit outside, get a little bit of suntan, and get
3: ready for hockey in Maine. I love it. I love it. Skip the dish.ca. Get yourself something to drink. Stay a little bit hydrated, provided you're a legal drinking age or something to eat if you're hungry. Also, since Rick brought it up, tomorrow is supposed to be, I'm looking at the forecast, it's supposed to be 22 degrees here in Edmonton, according to the one I'm looking at. And I want to know what your setup looks like if you're watching the game outside. Hit us up, Owen Radio Podcast. If you're watching the game outside, let me know.
0: We'll share some of the best on our podcast Instagram page, too, if you take us.
3: It'll be great. I want to see what you guys are rolling with. I want to see what you're rolling with. Boys, let's talk about the the, the the task at hand, the Jets. The game starts on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Oilers and the Jets kickoff. Obviously, this is a big series for the boys. The Oilers have run the show 7-2, the series, season series was. Let's just start off with some keys to victory over the Winnipeg Jets. Now, I'm going to just say season series now, to me, doesn't matter anymore. This is a new game, a new dance, a new start. Tyler, when you're looking at this series against the Jets, what's the biggest key to victory? Let's just start one at a time. What's the biggest key to victory that you can think of to make sure that season success rolls into the playoffs?
0: We have seen throughout that season series that production from 97 and 29 is enough to get the Oilers past the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg does not have the horses on defense to slow down McDavid and dry It's really as simple as that. But what I'll say is this, the depth scoring is important. The Oilers need some solid goaltending. I really do still think that is the key to all of this because you're going to get two, maybe three per game from Leon dry and Connor McDavid. I think that's going to happen, especially if you lump in the power play production. I'm not concerned about that, but if you get goaltending like you did against Chicago last summer, we saw that. Two or three a night from dry and McDavid wasn't enough in that situation. They still need to keep getting the solid goaltending. Mike Smith has had a fantastic season. I don't think he's going to cool off because he hasn't shown any signs of cooling off. He's had a save percentage of 900 or better in three of his last five starts. He's still playing well. And against Winnipeg this year, he's played pretty good on top of that. Uh, In his two games in Winnipeg, he allowed just one goal despite facing 63 shots. He was lights out on the road in Winnipeg. At home against Winnipeg, three starts allowed a total of eight goals, but I think one of them might have been a relief appearance or he was... No, I think he came in for or Hoskin had come in for him, but still, he has good numbers this year against the Jets, and uh, I think Mike Smith is actually still
2: the key to an Oilers series win.
3: Rick, what do you think key to, the biggest key to victory for you over the Jets?
2: I was going to say the goaltending, but uh, I guess goaltending and that, that team defense in their own zone are going to go hand in hand. Um, as long as we don't give up the grade a chances uh i think mike smith even less than what he's been doing this year even if he brings out like a b game uh if we play properly in our own defensive zone that that'll be enough for him to keep the puck out of the net so um if i can't take goaltending it's just the the playing the the tight five-man game uh in front of them and keeping their chances to a minimum
3: dan
1: uh, yeah, for me, Tyler's right. Uh, this team will go as far as Mike Smith allows them to. I think that's just clear now with the way Koskinen's been playing down the stretch. Um, but for me, the and Rick also, you know, team defense, always going to be important. Um, for me, it's going to be shutting down the Nick Ehlers, the... the uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I was going to call him Kyle Dubas, but uh, just shutting those guys down because you've seen with the Winnipeg Jets, you know, in the last little stretch, they've been without Ealers, and all of a sudden they can't seem to figure out how to win a hockey game. So for me, you just shut down those talented, skilled, smallish forwards, whether that's through physicality or through just playing defense and playing the puck in their end. Um and, and it shouldn't be a problem. I don't look at Hellebuck as an issue for this team. I think that that's one thing that you can't throw out from the regular season is the ability that the team has to have been able to get it past the former Vesna winner. So uh, yeah, for me, just shut down those smallish, talented, skilled forwards, and we should be just fine and skating on to Toronto or Montreal.
3: You guys kind of crossed off the things I had on my list. So I'm going to go with the bottom six, for Edmonton has to beat the bottom six for Winnipeg. I think that Tyler's right. Connor and Leon are going to do Connor and Leon things. You can try to contain them as best you can, and maybe you do, but it won't last long. And those two have feasted on the Jets, Connor specifically on the Jets this season. So I think those two are going to be fine. I think Mike Smith's going to be ready to go. I think he'll be okay too. But the bottom six, because if you look at the Jets forward group, They've got players that can burn you down the lineup, provided that they get the chance to do so. The Oilers need to find a way to make sure that their bottom six is at least sawing off even with Winnipeg's. If they can do that, we got a really good chance in this series. If the boys down in the, in the bottom six, the, you know, the the McLeod, Chase on, Neal line, you know we had two of those guys as our potential answers for the Pisani question. If those guys can start chipping in with some goals, as we've seen over the last little bit, that's going to be huge. It's going to be huge for the Oilers and their success against the Jets. And again, I got to throw it in there just because it's very on brand. Respect the blue lines, please. <laughs> yes. Respect the blue lines. There is that six foot window on either side of each blue line. And you don't want to get caught in there because chances are, no matter which blue line you're at, yours or the other one, you're going the wrong way if you turn over there. And that's the very quick transition going the other way. Respect the blue lines. Is there anything anybody else wants to add to their keys? What are we if, missing?
0: If you don't respect the blue lines, bag
2: milk does not respect you.
3: That's true. These are he'll facts.
2: Tear, he'll tear you up in blogs. Yep. Like it is,
3: it's not good. That's true. And these are all facts. I will write you out of my will too, Tyler. If you don't respect, <laughs> the blue lines,
0: you know who is like Dominic Cahoon's having a pretty good finish of the year, but he's the one guy I always catch doing that. He's trying to do like a cute move, his own blue line. That and I'm like, crazy. Oh, Man, just chip it out. Chip it out. You're not McDavid. Chip it out. Yeah, um, you just but,
3: make the simple play. Because, again, yeah. like if you get caught in either of those zones going going north, that turnover is going south, yeah. probably with an odd man rush the other way. So that is a detail that I've been complaining about all year. Clean it up. We'll be okay.
0: Especially, like, I mean, in the playoffs, those things are just so magnified, right? Like, when, and that's what I'm a little bit worried about with Kulikov. Like, what we've seen from him is he gives you – you know, for 59 minutes and 30 seconds of the hockey game, he's good. He's like a solid top yep. forward, shutdown D man, and then he <laughs> makes that one mistake that you're like, like it's like he forget what forgets which team he's playing for, right? You're like, dude, what you, what the hell was that? Five it's, bell giveaway. Yeah, it's and, aggressive
3: too. It's like an aggressive giveaway. That's just you just you, what are you doing? You know, another thing now. I'm going to throw on there just on our list: the keys to the victory is special teams. Down the stretch, I don't have the numbers specifically for the PK available, but down the stretch, the Oilers have killed off a lot of penalties. They have been very, very good. Or, I think
2: they're 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 almost at 20 in a row, I believe it is. I don't think we got scored on last game. So it's I, something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. I think it was yeah, no, it's definitely it's north of 15.
3: So early in the year, I was looking at some old wrap-ups I wrote at the beginning of the season, probably January, February, March. The Oilers' PK was down around 75%. <laughs> Right now, I'm looking at it. They've got one more game tomorrow against Vancouver. It's 82.2, so that's turned into an asset for this team. Power play is obviously fire. 28.1 as we're sitting today. Having special teams that effective and winning the special teams battles more often than not will be huge against right. the Jets. Because if coming. they're going to keep taking, uh, one sec, Tyler. If they're going to keep taking penalties against McDavid and Drysaddle, you're going to get fucking burned for it.
0: Can I share my stat now? Yes, mate. Since April 1st, the Oilers have an (laughs) NHL best 93.3 PK percentage. And on the power play, they have an NHL best 32.7 power play percentage. So since April one, the last 18 to 20 games of the season for most clubs, uh, the Oilers best in the NHL, both power play and penalty kill.
1: And that's going to be huge. And that really failed us when we got into that play in round, you know, we, we, leading yes. up to the COVID shutdown, it was almost automatic when we got a power play that we were getting a goal. Like it felt Pretty like that, right? Like, and, and then you got into those playing rounds and we finally got a call, I think in the second game. And I was like, okay, power play is going to save us here. And it didn't. And you know, the, the thing with the power play is that, and what you're speaking to bag milk is, you know, in the playoffs, the calls go away. You don't get as many, you don't get as many, you know, of those, uh, those, those, ticky tacky calls. You're going to get the, the obvious stuff hopefully. Um, but, but you got to really take advantage when you're given those opportunities to be able to put a puck in the back of the net and stop the puck from going in your net too.
0: I I have a little bit of a beef with, with that idea. No, You're
1: wrong. It's okay. We'll just go to the next segment. It's fine. (laughs) In the playoffs
0: or sorry, in the regular season so far this year, the Oilers have averaged 3.1 power plays per game. Um, and, That's, you know, a decent amount, but in the playoffs last season of the 24 teams to play in the playoff playing round or better 23 out of the 24 averaged three power plays or more in, in the playoffs slash playing round. If you go back to 2018, 19 out of the 16 teams in the playoffs that year, 10 of them had three or more power plays per game. So I think the reason like the rule book, It feels like it tightens up in the playoffs, but I would argue that this season, the rule books felt tight kind of the whole year. And also things get so much more intense in the playoffs that I, I do agree. The refs don't call as much in the playoffs, but there's so many more infractions that you're going to get your looks on the power play probably, right? Like they don't call Let's say they call one out of every four cross checks, right? Just on, on a number in the regular season. Okay, let's say there's four cross checks in a game in the playoffs. There's probably four cross checks a period that they need to be focused on. And that's why I think we, we tend to believe the rule book tightens up a little bit in the postseason is just because there's so many more infractions and so many guys are trying to walk that line that the refs don't call it all. And we think there's a million missed calls everywhere, which I suppose they are. But I actually think the volume of calls stays pretty consistent.
1: I just think that the difference is, And especially, you know, talking about last season and then into this season, there is no Rick in the stands to yell at the referee. There is no home I'm trying, man.
2: I'll I'll go right... I'll sit right (laughs) on 104th Avenue. And I promise, I get a couple beers in me. That voice travels a little bit. I just got to find the closest (laughs) distance to the ice.
1: Admittedly, we haven't been able to see enough playoff... you know, time recently to be able to to speak to it confidently. But, but yeah, I guess you're right, Tyler. Like it's not a, it's not so much a, <laughs> it's not so much the statistical, it's the perception, like you said, yeah. that, uh, you know, amp- it, the physical play is amped up. And so the stuff that gets called all the time in the regular season, quote unquote, doesn't get called as much in the playoffs because there's more of it. Do we think- have the
2: referees that are coming for us? No, I haven't seen has, that been, has that been penned out yet? Because if it's <laughs> skilleter, if it's skilleter, I'm finding my way in that building.
3: <laughs> uh it's well it's just like stealer crash.
2: trash you're gonna be, if, if you're gonna be one of the ice
0: a- you're gonna be one of the ice crew guys and you're gonna be oh, shoveling yeah, I, and
2: stop and like them- oh yeah all right <laughs> dude i didn't even think of that so oh, i can definitely yeah, i'll pay rick somebody in a home alone style with a shovel I'll pay to the shovel in, par- in the parking lot to take their uniform no problem
3: absolutely we need to get rick in there as the ice crew
2: <laughs> i'm gonna start making some phone calls
3: regardless of how many calls actually go through or not in the playoffs the special teams are going to be insanely important. The Oilers clearly have the advantage in that department at least right now. But the regular season doesn't mean jack shit once the once the the postseason starts. So
2: Yeah, I think I think it does a little bit cuz I think we are in, inside Winnipeg's head.
3: I hope so. I hope so. Connor Hellebuck specifically, he's been great against a lot of teams this year, but not against the Oilers. So that is one thing I'm definitely hoping to carry. And yeah,
2: you can sit there and look in the camera and say, no, we're fine. No, it's zero. No, it blah, 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 blah. I don't care about none of that shit. When you're in, when you're st- standing on the goal line and you see them coming down on you, that's in the back of your head. Sure. So as, as much as, you know, they'll tell you in front of the camera, they're fine. It gets in their head. You sneak one past them. We've seen it with our own goaltending, man. Last year, you get one past him and we the whole team just got sort of imploded. You get one on on uh, on on uh, Hellebuck there. I think right away you'll get in his head, especially if it's Connor and Leon doing their thing.
3: Well, around the horn, real quick, what does everybody think? Do you think regular season success translates into the playoffs in a series like this, or does it not matter?
1: I think specifics, like like Rick said, with a goalie, uh, maybe a player or. Or two like if if Pionk had shut down McDavid like he did earlier in the season the whole series then I think that kind of stuff plays into it but I I don't think overall like we can expect the Oilers to win you know in a a nine game series seven games out of the out of the nine kind of thing
0: I think it carries over in the sense that like Neil Pionk and Josh Morrissey suddenly don't get better at defending. Tucker Pullman doesn't suddenly become a better skater who can suddenly keep up with Connor McDavid off the rush, right? Like, those things don't change. Um, I Like, the Hellebuck thing worries me a little bit just because he's so good that I think, like, a goalie like that's capable of just, like, McDavid's capable of taking over things for 10 games. Hellebuck's capable of just playing out of his mind for 10 games. And in the playoffs, like the margin for error is just so thin, right? Like we talked about officiating. If there's a game where you're not getting the calls and you hit two goal posts at five on five, like that right there could be the difference between you winning or losing. Doesn't matter how good Connor Hellebuck plays. So I do think the Oilers will get past the jets relatively quickly. I don't think it's going seven games, but I I do think this series is going to be a sweat still like every playoff series kind of is. So uh, that concerns me that maybe more than the playoff or the season series between these two teams as well. Like the way the jets are playing right now should probably be the biggest concern for them. They can't win anything, two wins in their last 10 games. If they get Ehlers back, that'll help. So I, I think their recent play would be more of a concern. If I was a jets fan, I'm more concerned about that than the matchup against Edmonton.
2: And I think like Dan likes to say, um, biggest key to any game is getting after him in the first period. I think getting after the after the Jets in the first game or two, that'll really sink it too. So yeah, I mean, if you're if you're two and seven against a team, and then you know you, you've had a really good talking to by the by the coach, and you know you're focused, and you're know, okay, bang bang, let's go 0 zero zero, and all of a sudden you're down oh one then 2 you sink right back to that spot real fast.
0: Let uh, let me throw this out to the group. What do we think of the back to backs? Does that benefit Edmonton or does it benefit Winnipeg?
2: If you look so, at our record, it benefits Edmonton. Yeah. Jack yeah, brings it up say, every game. Yeah,
3: Since Dave Tippett's been around, the other's been excellent back-to-backs. Um, I'm not really worried about it. It's just it's a weird product of having the Canadian division start their playoffs a half a week later than everyone else, you know? i yeah. let
1: Duke, Calgary and Vancouver play.
2: Obviously, Hellebuck goes back-to-back. Does Smith?
1: I think he has to. At the Do you,
2: what, what it, so it's it's games two, three, and four. You're yeah. up two nothing. You're up three nothing after game three.
0: Cost goes, goes in net. Only scenario you start Koskinen is if you're up three nothing heading
1: into two game one's four. Do enough for you? No. Well, I think the other element to that too is if you're up three nothing, it depends on what the Leafs and the Habs are doing, right? Yeah, if maybe because the, the Habs you, are sweeping too, then you're gonna have a series right away. Yeah, I think you know, you,
2: I think you worry about I think you worry about Smith on your own, regardless of what's going on around you. He's he's yours. You know, deal with him. Who cares what anyone else is doing? Like, if we ended up going four and they go seven, and we played Miko in four instead of you know, um, I don't think I'm gonna sit there and get too bummed out about it.
0: Uh but now Stephen, now there's the part of me that goes like. You know, what if you were to lose that game and it's three one and you gotta, you know, they're coming back to Edmonton and there's pressure on you in game five because you don't want to go out like maybe you do just no matter what Roll Smith. Like if you're worried about giving him rest, like he can get How many rest times after you sweep him.
2: I don't know. You've got the big stat book there. How many times have we had two with losses in a row or even three losses in a row this season? Not very often. I don't know if we have I'm sure we have had a three. But, also but uh we were- two, not very often. So if you do lose that first one, if you do lose the three nothing game go to three one. I don't think you're. I don't think the team's gonna get too down on themselves. Where you know, uh, I think they'll come out real hungry to try and uh, clean it up.
1: But also, we were going back to Smith in those situations, right? Like I think last year more so than this year. We, we would last to year. Constantly.
2: I think. I think we need to wipe last year. I think the only thing you want to take away from last year is it's made Connor go from a hundred and twenty point player. It's pissed him off and now he's a uh, 150 something it's put him at 1.8 plus goals or points per game like it's angered connor the only thing for me that last That's the year the only thing i'm taking the rest of it is garbage it's trash wipe it forget it it does not even fucking matter
1: the only thing for team me was that garbage would, that would carry over from last year's play in round is if smith comes out and lays up an absolute Egg on the first night, you know. We've seen. We've it's seen like, oh shit! Is this team, yeah. you know, going the same way where our goaltending is going to let us down and our offense can't just can't overcome it?
2: Miko's only had one bad game. He had that one bad game. He got pulled, and since like Smith
3: came back,
1: Smith well, Miko's last two game games were pretty bad. Why was the
0: last game bad? What did he do? Unless I'm that uh, game that I
3: tying I- goal against the oh the yeah Montreal,
0: Montreal, sure the bad
2: goal. Whatever, we still won the game. Still stopped
0: twenty five yeah. shots.
1: It's just, it's just, it's, it's again. Like I said, it, that's the only thing I, I would say that this team probably takes away is that, like, oh shit, here we go again. Kind of, kind but of. Mike, but who was, who was who in net, one? who was
2: in net when we were down three nothing to Vancouver, and then we came back and win. I think that was Smith who rode the whole way, and he's the type of guy that you know, even if one gets past them, he's still. I don't know if the raw raw type of guy is the right word, but he's you know he's he's got that swagger. He, that doesn't bother him. It doesn't matter, to you guys. Connor, you have just, 150 I've, fucking last points this year. What's it matter if one puck went in? We are going to score five tonight anyways. Who gives a shit?
3: I don't think anything that happened in August matters. Yeah,
2: sure. It's one thing it does the fact we lost and it's taken Connor from 120 point to put, it's pissed him off and sent him to another fucking level. That's the only thing that's come. I'm taking out of this. That the rest of it's garbage. It's the like how, the, the how, team was trash.
3: How can you really put too, too much stock into what happened in a four game series after a four fucking month hiatus?
2: I think it's a fair point, but, but you just, you just look at them. We know this team inside and out. We watch them fucking more than almost anybody in this world. And that was not the Oilers from that. That was not the fucking team that we'd watched um, previous to the to the, the stoppage or whatever. That just wasn't them. They, they they were wearing the same jerseys. They had the same name bars back there, but that was not the same fucking team. This team is fucking different. This is going to be much different. These playoffs are going to be much, much different this year.
3: For 90 years and four generations, Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton with all of the insurance products that you could ever possibly need. Life insurance, car insurance, home, auto, whatever you need. Our friends at Cornerstone Insurance are there. And if you go to cornerstoneins.ca, cornerstoneins.ca, there's a handy little tab there for citizens of the nation. Get yourself a discount on some insurance from our friends at Cornerstone. We were talking about a couple of things before we started recording here. Uh, All of us here on the podcast, we like a better two. So one of the books we were looking at had some points predictions, and I thought they would be fun to play with since we love points predictions here. Tyler, we were looking at McDavid and Drysdale specifically for this one. Yep. What are the bets we're looking at? What are we trying to decide on? Let's let's make a little money here as a team.
0: All right, so uh the point total over/unders for the Oilers as they head into their series against the Jets. Connor McDavid is set at 10 and a half, but it is worth noting that the over is paying pretty well at plus plus one thirty, but over 10 and a half points for McDavid. I, I personally like this bet. I took advantage of this bet, laid some money down on it as well against the jets this year. He's absolutely torched them 104 points in 55 games. No reason to think Connor McDavid can't get 11 points. Like even if you just break it down in the sense that, okay, the Oilers, if they win the series have to win four games, Connor McDavid averaging two and a half points per game in the, in the wins only. That's not that far-fetched, and he's probably going to get on the board if they lose one or two as well. So I, I think over 10.5 is the play here.
3: All right, over 10.5 for Connor McDavid. I'm going to say yes, sir. I am refusing to bet against him again this year. I will not do it over 10.5. I don't care if they only play four games and it's a sweep. He will fucking get there. Dan?
1: Well, as the guy that missed his prediction by five points below it, uh, yeah, you're you're bang on, Bag Milk. There's just, you can't say anything but over for this guy at this point. Like Rick said, he's also playing pissed off. And Rick? that's a good Connor.
2: Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I don't see how you could take the under with a guy like this. Um, especially <laughs> on the Terry's on right now. His, his, his points and game, it's ridiculous what he's doing right now. And there's no reason to think that auto, or that um, Winnipeg's figured out some way to stop him. So yeah, I would even in four games, no problem. Five, 11 points.
3: What about the second half of the dynamic duo? Tyler, what do we got for Leon Dreisaitl?
0: The line for Leon Dreisaitl is set at nine and a half. The overpaying a very juicy plus 150. The underpaying minus 213. If you're not familiar with betting terms, that means the sports books think he will go under nine and a half. Um, I I think I kind of want to agree with them. I think nine and a half might be a little bit too lofty of a number for Leon Dreisaitl, just considering that we're not expecting him to start on the same line as Connor McDavid, you know, he'll get his power play production and all that. He'll produce it five on five as well, but nine points in a seven game series is still a lot for dry settle. If he's not with McDavid, I think I might lean towards the under on this one, which means I'm not betting it. Cause minus two, two sucks.
2: Rick. Uh, yeah, I, to be fair, I didn't take the Connor one and I'm not touching this one either, but the way I think the series is going, I think it's going to be awfully difficult for him to get to uh, 10 points without playing on Connor's line five on five, Uh, I would not be surprised to see him do it, but I'm not uh, risking my money on it. But if I have to make a guess at it, I will say under just because of the way I see the series going, I don't think it's going to happen.
3: Mr. Nation Dan, Leon Dreisaitl, plus or minus nine and a half points.
1: I, I have to admit when you said nine and a half it like it just made me sit here and kind of listen to what you guys were saying. I hear what you guys are saying but for me I think it's a boring podcast if everybody just agrees I'm gonna say he goes over just merely for the fact that I think the Jets will key in on Connor and and leave Leon to to do his thing and I, I do believe that, that 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 they're starting you're starting to see these little sprinkles of chemistry um throughout that second line no matter who the mix is whether it's Kahoon, um dry and yamamoto or nuge dry yamamoto who knows but i yeah i'll say over and i i think it would be like a tight over of 10
3: i'm gonna say life's too fucking short to bet the under so i hammer that over nice. i'm hammering the over it's a good payout. i think that there, did you I think did you there, bet it i did bet it okay. there is going to be power plays so while I agree at five on five, Connor and Leon probably are not going to be together. Power plays, you know they're going to be together. If there's any, any shifts following a penalty kill, those two are together. Uh, four on four, they'll be together. There's, there's plenty of scenarios where they will be together. I think that that second line as well, New is starting to heat up. With, for the love of God, Yama will start start scoring a little bit those three can do some damage if that is the second line, of course. So fuck the under man life's too short going for the over over a nine and a half for Leon. Yes. The only way it doesn't happen is in a four game sweep. Yeah. That's my prediction.
0: But That's even amazing. then, even with a four-game sweep, I like to think that there would be one game in there where the Oilers score like seven
1: goals, right? Yeah, if they're
0: dominating blow. the Jets that hard, then there might be a game where they pop seven and he has four points. Uh, you just you never know. Uh, a couple more here to get to. The first is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yesterday, when the lines opened, Nugent's total was three and a half points, paying hammer an, the over, paying an incredible plus one forty on the over. Like this guy in the top six on the top power play unit. He's usually he he might be out there late in games with empty net looks as well. I hammered over three and a half. I think the books realized they made a mistake because <laughs> today it's up to four and a half. So is four and a half enough to give anyone here some hesitation, or do you still think five points in a playoff round for New just fine?
3: He got nine points in four games against the Blackhawks. Hammer the over,
1: over. Yeah, over all the time there. Good on you guys for finding some value there. Yeah, he's
2: he's getting his shot. He's getting that shot back. That Messier. Yep. One foot pop type of he's getting that shot back. He gets that shot back. He starts playing like he did last year. He puts up big points.
0: Uh, we got a few more to get to here still, actually, because I just the, noticed.
3: As Tyler's looking, what's the what's the text that I always get, Tyler? It's leg up, snapshot, blocker side, fist pop.
0: Yep, that's the four pieces of the vintage Ryan Nugent Hopkins goal. Uh, let's lump the two defensemen into one here. Darnell Nurse over under three and a half. The over pays plus one fifty five. Tyson Berry over four plus one ten on that one. So the better payout. Is with Darnell Nurse and the over three and a half. You're getting better odds and it's half a tick lower. Uh, what do you, I'll start with you, Rick? Nurse or Barry? Which one do you like more to hit that over?
2: Just the way this season's gone, Nurse. Uh, I see him getting a goal or two. Even you know he gets those weird three on twos and he's coming down the left side and rips a, a clapper from the top of the circles. He's scored a bunch. Um, I think Barry gets most of his points uh, on the on the power play, which I have absolutely no basis for at all. Um, but yeah, no, I just think it's gonna be a little bit easier for a nurse to do it. And even though Barry is the uh top produce point producing defenseman this season, um, I think Nurse has just got that little special season going right now, and I see this team doing some special things, and he's one of the guys I see doing special things.
3: I'll tell you again, I fucking hammered the over on both of them. I am feeling <laughs> bullish on the boys. Man. Well, four, game, four game
2: sweep, all two to one, and bag milk is losing his shit.
1: I just, yes. I think when you, when you look at this division overall, you know, the offense has been there and so it's not a bad bet to go over and continue to go over until you see otherwise. So the yeah, only thing I,
2: is, the only thing is that I see teams playing a little bit more conservative in their own defensive zone. as to not get scored on rather than pushing like a little bit more because you're just the way it goes. However, when you have the two top players in the world right now, um, I think they're, even when they're playing a little conservative, they still have put up a ridiculous amount of points.
1: I think Tyler is right when he said that there's going to be a blowout, and I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be Oilers or Jets. I don't know, but I, I think that there's going to be some points on the board. Not every game, but I do think that there's going to be enough scoring to make a lot of these over bets justified. I like Did I we do beat Anaheim
2: seven nothing. One of those games last on the 17? Well, I was there. Saying. Leon got a hat trick. I was
0: there. Yeah, Yeah. Just the fact that this Oilers team is that top six is so high powered and the Jets are so weak defensively that I think over a seven game series, you're due to just have a stinker if you're Winnipeg, And they've been prone to stinkers recently. Um, A couple of things quickly. I noticed there's a Leon settle goals prop, which is three and a half and it pays plus 150. I almost like that more than I like (laughs) the nine and a half points. Like he could very easily have two, two goal games and he hits that thing. It's plus one. 50 that that seems like a good bet um the last one our boy yesopoul jarvi his over under for goals is one and a half and that pays plus 135 his over under for points money. is three the goals is easy
1: money over yeah. over baby over over baby i'm saying jesse walks away from this series with three goals i can
2: see him getting think- like five points four or five points
3: I think that Jesse Pugliarvi is starting to heat up. He's playing some fucking great hockey. He is learning how to play with McDavid. He knows where Connor wants him to be at this point. You hammer the overs every time.
1: (laughs) Beg Milk's account is just over, 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 over. He's (laughs) expecting 45 goals for in the first five games.
0: Just how incredible... Of a segment was this where we bring up like nine betting lines, and every single time we're all like, Yeah, no, the over makes sense. <laughs> well, here's yeah, the thing, <laughs> it.
1: Here's the thing. I know bag Milk, and I know he can show the receipts to say that he pounded the over on all of this stuff. I, he is, you got to. Guy.
0: I I said on this podcast right now, I said, I take under nine and a half for dry saddle. I bet the over. I'm going against myself. <laughs>
3: <Man>. <laughs> you know what? The Kool Aid goes down smoothly at playoff time, and I am spending some money. Uh, I'm putting my money where my mouth is, I guess. Everything goes down smoothly
2: at playoff time.
3: It's fucking beautiful. I guess we'll wrap up this preview segment, boys, with the series as a whole. I don't think this is going to be as easy as some people do. Uh, I think that the Jets, despite sucking balls down the stretch, are still a good hockey team. They're just not playing well. I think that will earn them a couple of wins, but not a series win. Six games for two others.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm right there with you. I say six six games. I think Mike Smith lets in a, has a stinker of a game, and I think Hellebuck has a hell of a game, and uh, that's where that's where the two Ws come from. Oilers, yeah, go up, for it.
0: Oilers go up two nothing after home ice. They drop game three, but rebound with the back to back to go up three one. They come back for game five, blowing the Jets out of the water by a score of six to two, and winning the series four to one.
1: Write that all down, Tyler, just in case. Yeah, so okay. someone, someone right, will have I got that. It.
2: All right, I got it. So, anyway, we're, I... Taking the, we're taking the over and everything, boys. Come on. got you know, a lot of goals, <laughs> a lot of points. That means a lot, of, a lot of wins for us. This is over in five. I do not see Mike Smith laying out that stinker. Um, I can see them finding a way to, to, to sneak out a win, but I do not see them uh, finding a way to, to sneak out more than that. And I don't think it's just because they haven't played well in the last little bit. Um, I think we're a better team than them on paper and on the ice. And I think we proved it throughout the season. There's no reason to think that uh, they're going to do anything more than if we get do this in four, I wouldn't be overly surprised. I'll be incredibly drunk, but I won't be overly surprised. Fair enough.
3: I, uh, it's nice to feel good. Doesn't it boys?
2: Yeah, it it feels great.
3: It's nice. We did. We
2: did. We did this with Chicago. We did. There is a little bit of a there is a little bit, but I feel a lot more confident this year. And like I said before, Connor is playing like a man possessed. And what we've watched this year is one of the greatest seasons. This is the greatest season by a player this century, and it goes back probably even more than that. Um, Dude, this is. I think this could be a a real special year.
3: I also.
1: I was just going to say that the the other thing with, you know, us drinking the Kool-Aid on the Chicago thing is there was just a thousand question marks that we had no answers to Mm -hmm. um, versus, you know, with that with that four month, five month break in between games. So you understand that we were excited because the team that left that we left behind at the start of the pandemic was not the team that showed up for the play in round. You probably don't see the same. Knock on wood, here's, there's my Oilers fan in me just saying you probably don't. You We've don't see before. the same. Exactly. You don't see the same on Wednesday night. And, and so that's where, you know, again, the play-in round doesn't really play in, except for fans, because we can always be a little bit terrified.
3: I, even the terrified, like the terrified part of me is excited. I just, I can't wait. I love the fucking playoffs. I love the first round. I love that the Oilers are in it. I love that McDavid's going nuclear and I can't wait for this to get started. There's this stupid fucking bullshit game tomorrow against Vancouver. That's the last to happen. And that's fine. I don't care about the score. I don't care about what happens. I just hope everybody has a hashtag good time and makes it through healthy. You know,
2: we talked about that. We talked about this earlier. And I don't know if you had a a little spinoff for it planned or not, but, um, I still think with tomorrow's game, just because there's a week, you know, otherwise if you don't play tomorrow's game, there's a week between games. I can see Mike Smith getting the start, going through the motions. Koskinen confirmed starter. Well, never mind then. Uh, I still still see him doing his his pregame stuff. Um, He probably takes – I just see him going through the the same motions he's going to want for game one. He's already said he's an older goaltender now. He's taking a lot more – Pride in his setup, in his pregame routine, and I think he's going to want that. So I could see him doing a lot of things uh, that he would normally do when he's starting, as opposed to when he's most likely going to sit on the bench the whole game.
3: Another thing for tomorrow's game as well, looks like Slater Cuckoo is back for the first time. He'll be playing alongside Ethan Bear on the third pairing.
1: Just to confirm our predictions there before we go forward, I want to make sure I'm writing them down correctly. Bag Milk and myself with six. Oilers in six, and Rick and Tyler, you're saying in five? Yes. Perfect. I just tweeted
3: it out as well, Dan, so you can nice. uh, track that tweet just like you did with the points <laughs> one because I'll forget two seconds from now.
1: Well, hey, hey, so with did... with
2: Cuckoo playing tomorrow, um, what do we think? Does that, does that give him a green light to game one? Are they just trying to get his, uh, an idea of where he's at and then make a decision after that? Uh, where's everybody sitting on that? Because I know personally I'd prefer to see Jones in.
0: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a little bit of B here, Rick. I think Caleb Jones didn't look very good last time out. Um, He's had a good second half of the season, but a couple of rough moments. And I think Dave Tippett's probably looking at Slater Cuckoo, who when he was hurt, like the last couple of games before he got hurt, I think he was in and out of the lineup, if I remember correctly, and wasn't playing his best. But early in the year, that guy was looking like a top four D man at some points. And he's got a little bit of playoff experience, I believe. Right. So I think Slater Cuckoo is a guy who might draw in on Game One if he plays well tomorrow. I think tomorrow is just a big test for him.
2: You don't think they have that 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 preference of going with Jones in Game One, and if things aren't good, having confidence in bringing him in for Game Two, as opposed to the vice versa. Like, let's yeah, say he looks good tomorrow, that. but that has a stinker on on Game One, you're going to feel. How would you feel bringing Jones in at that point? I
0: think you you might be right. I think Jones might get game one no matter what, but he'll be on a shorter leash if Cuckoo plays well tomorrow. Yes.
3: A couple of other items to take care of just before we get to the Deuce vodka hot and cold performers here. According to Darren Dreger on last night's episode of insider trading, it looks like Tyson Berry will be testing free agency. He does want to come back to the Oilers. uh, According to Dreger, that is but he's looking for a five or six year deal that provides a little bit of stability. And it doesn't look like Ken Holland wants to play that game. I just real quick around the horn, everybody's thoughts on Tyson Berry potentially going to free agency. To me, this was a perfectly executed plan by Berry. He came in, he got all the points that he said he wanted to get, took a discount in Edmonton, lighten it up. He will get some major cash from somebody in the offseason unless he signs a discount here in Edmonton, which I just don't see happening based on what I was reading and hearing yesterday.
0: Unless it's like six by four or something like that. I I, I agree. And I like you said, a perfectly executed plan from Barry, also a perfectly executed plan from from the Oilers. The plan was for him to come in, reestablish his value, fill in for the injured Oscar Clefbaum, and be a bit of a stopgap for the young demon. Yep. Check, 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 check. He led all defensemen in scoring. This went way better than either side could have imagined it was going to go. But I think we have to remember and not, you know, fall in love too quickly here. This was meant to be a one year plan in a way. And there is a bigger picture at hand here. And if Barry is going to go get six by six from someone, or if the Seattle Kraken want to give him four years by 6 million or something Mm -hmm. crazy like that, then I think as much as you love the guy and he was great this year offensively and he produced produced so, so much and he he looked like he fit in so well, if he wants to chase that big ticket, you got to let him go and you can't handcuff yourself for the final three years of that deal. Just because you love what he did for 55 games this year.
1: There's going to be other Tyson Barry's.
3: Well, and especially you got Bouchard already in your system. Yeah. Again, and first of all, like I, I saw Gregor arguing with Zach about it last night. I don't think anybody is saying that Bouchard is Tyson Berry right now, but for the cost of what Evan Bouchard is on the books, he can. I, I feel very confident in suggesting that Evan Bouchard can produce at least 20% of what Tyson Berry did this year. I just think it's, it's a plan to get him in, it's the fit. He's already here, he's cheap. He's exempt. It all makes sense. It all I, makes
2: sense. I completely agree. I think you know what this is exact, This is perfect for both both uh, sides. It's um, worked out it really well for us. Uh, look where we're at. It's worked out really well for him. Look where he's at. And I think his ultimate goal was to have options. You know, us obviously included, and everybody else out there. So that's exactly what he's going to get. And uh, and yeah, but when it comes to the Gregor thing, there, I don't think you don't. You're not swapping the two. No. You know, um, I think no. Bear. He's he started off not not in great shape, so he had a bit of a uh, bum start to the year. Started to get better, got his concussion, came back from that. Didn't look great. Started coming uh, Started getting better, and I think he's now back to the pretty much where we expect him to. Um, after watching him last season, so I still think he takes a step up like next year. I think he can handle a lot of your five on five. Uh, the majority of what uh, Barry was doing five on five, I think you have. I think they're they've chosen larson over barry i think you have larson keep doing what he's been doing and then i think they're asking bouchard to come in and clean up the rest of the minutes is 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 perfect i think he's he's suitable and he's ready to go with uh, with as a as a number three five on five and uh you know he can split the the power play with with uh, with darnell
0: and the other thing too is i see a lot of talk about um, you know, like you can't give young players, you can't gift them roster spots. You need to make sure they earn it and they overripe in and people love that buzzword, right? Over-ripen. That but let's look at Bouchard here. It's not like they just drafted him. Like if we were having this conversation in August and Bouchard was just drafted a month ago, then I'd be saying, yeah, you can't bank on him just coming in and being an NHL or, but since the Oilers drafted him, he went down, he played eight playoff games in Bakersfield in eighteen nineteen. Um, Looked really then, good doing it. He was a point of game in those first eight games. Exactly. Uh, and then the next season, he played all 54 games in the American Hockey League, 36 points. And to start this year, he went over to Sweden, played 23 games in the Hockey All-Svenskan. He has basically two seasons of developmental hockey under his belt, and then he's come up and played 13 games this year in the NHL on top of the seven he played a couple years ago. So now he has 20 games of NHL experience, a handful of experience in tier two professional leagues as well. This isn't handing Evan Bouchard a roster spot just because you picked him ninth or 10th overall or whatever. This is Evan Bouchard earning a spot and the natural progression of his career. If he's not going to be an everyday NHLer next season, then trade him. Then when is he? Because if he's not ready now, he's never going to be ready. But guess what? He is ready.
2: Yep.
3: 100%. I'm just going to give uh, Tyler a look of appreciation for that little rant. That was really nice. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Well, I mean, it's just
3: people are like, really oh, nice, that's, buddy.
0: that's what the old Oilers would do, given players roster spots. And it's like, but they're not like, it's not like he has no experience and they're just tossing him in. He's looked so good for 13 games this year. You know, he's an NHL defenseman.
2: It's literally his next. This is literally his next yeah. step in, in 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 progression. Is like now it has to be NHL. He's proven he's ready. Now it's time to uh, to put him in there and let him figure out how to swim in the big leagues. And it's As also a,
3: important too that like nobody's saying that he's going to play top pairing minutes here at five on five or anything. He's just, but he can handle third pairing, no problem. A little bit of power play. Fucking guy's got a bullet of a shot. It makes sense.
1: Yep. And for me, to Tyler's point of the old Oilers and the way they used to do things, we we the old Oilers have done everything, and they've done everything wrong in the past. We've signed guys that have had career years to albatrosses of contracts that then we're struggling to get rid of afterwards. Zach Cassian has a contract right now that we're talking about, you know, overpaying for a guy who had a good season, like. I just, it's its its fascinating to me that we're doing this conversation right before the playoffs start, first of all. And no, then second this conversation of
2: all, has been going on all season, to be No, I know, ahead, but
1: yeah. right now, let's enjoy the playoffs. We have the leading scorer on oh, yeah. defense, in the league, on our team. Who we cares to, what happens next year?
2: we got to still got a week to go till they drop the puck. Yeah, well, I so you know, some, lot, we got to do of time like, to we, got to, we got to fill the, fill the time with something. Lots but, yeah, of time so I, I agree. but I think the majority of people, I think well, why the Gregors of the world come kind of bring this up is because a lot of people try and discount Barry and what he's doing and try and you know, say, Oh, he's getting all, this is all because he's playing with Connor. Well, there's a whole bunch of defensemen that played with Connor. And not one of them has been the fucking uh, leading point getter for defensemen in the league. So uh, I do think Barry's done a very good job. Um, I think it's just, dude, it's not the right situation. Like we are next. Oh yeah, exactly. Our next is ready to go. And um, it's a one year thing. Thank you. See ya we
3: the other missed him to remember well when too. he signs for the bag in Buffalo, you know? <laughs> yeah.
2: The
0: other thing to remember is that like Evan Bouchard's on an ELC, Ethan Bear's on a cheap contract. If you get Adam Larson for like 3.75, which is apparently the rumor going around, and then even look on the left side of your blue line where Jones is dirt cheap if you can find a way to keep him through the expansion draft. Nurse is still making under six million dollars a year. And if you get Clefbaum back, he's making like four point one. That's a damn good blue line, and it's dirt cheap. The money you're going to save from not giving Barry five and a half million. That might be enough to not only bring back Nugent Hopkins. You have enough money to do that. Anyways, with you sub out Barry, you bring in Bouchard to the third pairing bears on your top pairing. And then maybe you can sign Brandon sod, Blake Coleman, Thomas Tatar, go down the list of left wingers in free agency. You have money to go not only sign Nuge, but bring in another impact left winger. And now all of a sudden you're looking at a top six. That is damn scary we're scarier than it is it already is fucking frightening
3: we've been talking about it all year word how great would it be to have another top six second left winger if they let barry walk they got the they got the they got the juice to do it uh and you already
2: have and you have the rookie you have the kid coming up too they've all they you know not for a broken thumb what do you be playing already but holloway is going to be pushing for a spot next year and this isn't just us being homers this is Every, you know, all, all, all the uh, experts on TV, quote unquote experts are saying that he's ready to go.
0: How great does this top nine sound next year? Coleman, McDavid, Pooley, Nuge, Dreisaitl, Yamamoto, McLeod, Holloway, Cassian. Oh, that's oh, sick. Great. That's sick.
3: It's ridiculous. Uh, you brought up really quick though. You did bring up Adam Larson. Uh, it's looking like the has made some progress on a deal for him. That will be shy of 4 million bucks for about four years. Uh, curious what everyone's take is on that for me a little bit long on term but if they can get him under four million bucks then that's a pretty solid deal for the weathers no
2: i agree i think the fourth year if it if there is a fourth year could be at the beginning stages of the cap going up so it might not actually be the same type of of pain that we're, we're used to there might be some yeah with the cap and when the cap does start to go up i think it's going to go up Quicker and a little more substantially than 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 normal. So I think a ba- uh, that contract wouldn't be that b- much of an albatross. Come then, um, I would prefer two to three years. But uh, if he keeps playing the way he has, man, four years of this is uh, I'm okay with it.
3: For me, the only concern with the fourth year is just his back. You know,
2: yeah, uh, just yeah. But it I mean, it, ha- it hasn't it hasn't acted up at all this year. Maybe it's maybe he just had some lingering effects last year, and it wasn't really like a uh, old man. I have a bad back. Is you know more of like I have an injury that needs to be fully healed and maybe it's fully healed and now he's got a a, a perfect quote-unquote back again.
3: What does everybody think? Adam Larson, let's say it is four under four million bucks. You like it or no?
0: TJ Brody got five last year from Toronto and I think Tanev got four and a half from Calgary. So if you get Larson under four, I'm all over it. I I give the fourth year because I think that's what keeps the AAV low. I've heard Larson and Larson loves it here in Emmetton, has no desires to leave or anything like that. So that might have been the negotiation. His agent probably said, hey, he can get four and a half on the open market this year. And the Oilers said, well, if he likes it here, we'll tack on a fourth year that other teams probably wouldn't. Let's knock down that AAV and get this thing done.
1: Dan? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just, uh, you know, that's the that's the kind of defenseman that we don't have necessarily coming up through the system. So you got to hold on to that, that uh that gritty, that physical defenseman that you're going to need for a playoff run. And so, yeah, I, I don't see Kulikov doing that. It's going to be up to Nurse and, and Larson to kind of carry that physicality load for us for a while. And so, yeah, you got to keep them around.
3: Most importantly, and I don't, I can't believe anybody hasn't acknowledged this. Team abs. Adam Larson's Well, first of all, the Abs team, yes, of course. But the playoff beard that Adam Larson can grow will be fucking incredible. Because that thing is already thick and full and we haven't even gotten started yet.
2: Yeah, the but is anybody going to notice it when uh, Jujar walks into our room?
3: No, no, that's Jujar. Like he's going to have a playoff beard <laughs> six minutes after he shaves. That fucking guy has got a hell of a beard and I can't wait to see it come in. I'm also so, just looking forward to seeing the playoff facial hair in general. Tyler's yeah. already growing his. He looks great.
0: I have a three month <laughs> head start. Um, I'm, I'm just looking right now at the pictures of all the Oilers here and sort of who's going to be at the top of the quote, all beard team with the Oilers, Mike Smith would be a good pick. Of course, he's gonna have a great beard. Adam yep. Larson, like you said, is our Swedish Gator. He looks beautiful already. Kulikov looks like he might have a bit of the neck beard thing going on, but he might be okay. able to pull something off there. Um, Devin Shore might be a bit of a sleeper. We'll see how 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 thick that beard gets. Uh, Nugent Hopkins will always probably win the fan favorite.
2: Oh, that's gonna be a classic. He'll have the Urimchuk.
0: Yeah. Yep well yeah or i or have is another way around yeah, yeah another way around um leon dry probably the one i'm most excited to see what he yep. can do because you remember back in 2017 yep. he got that bad boy going but is he, he gonna really let it? Like,
2: he's not gonna let it go like joe Thornton's guy, right? Like, will. I feel like i feel like he's gonna be like i like kind of cleans it up a bit and keeps it trimmed and you know we, there's some maintenance oh, you have to do to these things trust me
3: leon you can't do that buddy you just gotta let it go you will be a fucking terrifying man if you let that thing go
0: do we get the tip stash
3: I'm going to write an article about this because I demand it. I demand it. There's, demand not, a, it.
2: there's not enough uh, public pressure right now. I don't think anyone's brought it up in the last little while. Um, I know, Bag Milk, you've got a little in with Reed. Maybe get Reed to stick that in his ear and uh, and let him know because I think that's something that needs to be brought up. And I do believe something like that. like the, Just the way this whole year is going, the, the the year Connor's having and then have that the tip stash come out too? Oh, come on. That's that's, that's, that's storybook.
3: So I am writing an article about it and I'm also going to do a, uh, a collage of previous tip stashes throughout the years. Cause this fucking guy has got a hell of a mustache that he can, that he can do. And I feel like, I feel like a portion of the bubble struggles was a result of him refusing to give it to us.
1: I did. I did personally ask him at the Mark Spector golf classic in 2019.
2: If no, that's true. Good. I remember that, but that's that's yeah. that's a couple of years ago now. Like I said, no one's really putting in his ear man. right push. now. I we think need we need to push. get in his ear right now. You know like, what the hey, key is
0: actually? Get into Schmitty's ear and get Schmitty to convince him to grow it. Probably.
2: Right, right. A little peer pressure in the dressing room, I think, can go a long, long way.
3: All righty, let's get to our playoff predictions here from around the NHL. Tyler, I believe you have the matchups for us. Let's get to some business.
0: Yeah, let's get down to it. Uh, Let's start with the East Division. I got them written down uh, by division here. So the one seed Pittsburgh taking on the four seeded New York Islanders. I hate the Islanders. I think they're a good team, but they're boring as hell. I refuse to pick them to win Penguins in seven because I think it'll be close. Rick
2: uh yeah i'm looking at the thing in front of me here and i have uh, they played last year too didn't they yeah the they first did. round yeah, yeah yeah that wasn't very Second fun to watch. yeah no i still have uh, i have pittsburgh and uh that's at six or seven i'll go with six
0: dan
1: yeah you're Peace. muted so uh bag milk
3: pens and six
1: all right dan <laughs> tyler you said pit in seven yeah i'm saying islanders in five. Ooh, jeez aggressive Oof. i'm a huge um, islanders yeah. guy this year
0: Taylor Hall and his Boston Bruins are the three seed going up against Ovi and the two seeded caps. I think the Bruins have this one depth scoring all the way Bruins in six bag milk.
3: I'm going to go with the caps because I like Ovi caps in seven
1: nation down. I say caps in six, Rick. I like the addition of Halsey
2: Bruins in seven. Runs in seven.
0: Uh Carolina versus Nashville, one seed versus a four seed. I think that is the central division it's called. Uh yes. I'm gonna go Hurricanes in six. I think the Preds are a great story. I think the Canes, even though they don't have the better goaltending, are the better team. Canes in six. Dan?
1: I also have the Canes in
0: six.
3: Bag milk. Canes in five.
2: Rick. I hate doing this because I hate this organization for about fifteen <laughs> years now. But I have I have uh I have Nashville losing in five games. That's how I'm going to word it. (laughs) There you go. Classic. Uh,
0: Florida. Florida versus Tampa Bay. It's the sunshine state showdown, I think is what they're calling it or something like that. Uh, This Florida team is dang good and they are scrappy. They will be tough to put away, but Tampa Bay and all their uh, new additions like Nikita Kucherov, they'll have enough at the end. I'm going to say lightning in seven. Uh, Rick, you're shaking your head.
2: (laughs) I absolutely hate what they did. I know a lot of people online kind of love what they did. And, you know, I think eh, there's no respect for the rule. There's eh, whatever it's bullshit. Nonetheless, I don't, I've watched that team a lot this year. I don't think they've looked very hungry. I don't think they've looked like they've wanted it too much. They look kind of like the team from two years ago. I have Florida in six. Hmm. Bag milk?
3: I, what, you mean it's a problem that they just added like fucking $17 million in players? after. Yeah, like the, these guys
2: these guys weren't ready to go a month ago?
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love there's the, the, the gifs that are coming out, the gifs that are coming out of just like.
2: Undertaker uh, sitting up?
3: Undertaker sitting up as soon as the regular season goes is just the best. Um, I am not going to bet against Pat Maroon. I love him. Uh, Bolts in six.
1: Dan. Bolts in four. Ooh, jeez. Yep. I, 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 they're, they're,
2: they're, they're, I think people are underestimating Florida. I and think Florida's fake news, man. No, nah, man, they hate that team. If you've watched them play against each other in the last a little bit, oh, Florida, Florida, Florida knows what they're doing. loves that series, and I think it's going to be nasty. Florida knows but, what they're doing. I think Florida's going to sneak this one out.
0: I think this division we're about to talk about is going to be over in a hurry. Colorado versus St. Louis and Vegas versus Minnesota. Let's start with the Avs versus the Blues, where I got the Avs in five. Dan? Blues in seven. You're insane. I know. Uh,
3: Abs in six. Rick? Uh, I've got
2: Colorado in. uh, I've got four written here. I'll stick with four. Fair enough. Uh, Vegas,
0: Minnesota. I love Kirill the Thrill. I think that was a great story. Dad bought Cam Talbot. Great story as well. Vegas is too, too good to lose in the first round. Vegas
2: in five for me. Uh, Rick, where are you going? I hate that franchise with everybody just jumping on their bandwagon because they're <laughs> they're fucking new. I oh I makes my skin crawl. Nah, they're probably the better team. I got Vegas and six.
1: Dan. I hate this franchise because Jacques Lemaire, so five for Vegas.
3: Bagno. Vegas and six.
0: Let's uh, come up to Canada here. Leafs versus the Habs. It was just reported by Eric Engels that they won't have Jonathan Drouin back from his personal leave for uh, this first round, but here's what I'll say. Goaltending is important. The Leafs goaltending is shaky. The Habs have Carey Price, who's been known to steal a series or two. I am going hot take Habs in seven. Nation Dan, you with me, or are you riding
1: with the Leafs? I'm riding with the Leafs. It's Leafs in five for me.
0: Okay. Bag milk? Habs in seven, baby. Let's go. Let's do it. Rick? Rick?
2: I'm on board, boys. I'm on board. That goaltending is iffy, and they uh, They got some goal scorers in Montreal. They like to get dirty. And uh, this this will be my one pick where I'm uh, kind of picking with my hopes more than anything I was else. Just gonna say this, these predictions brought to you by
1: your guys' hearts, <laughs> not
0: I'm your gonna mind. Put, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to put. Uh, Maybe not a lot. Maybe just a green one on the Habs to beat the Leafs. But I think a I'm nice going to do Nice brown bill on the Habs to beat the Leafs. I don't trust them that much and I don't <laughs> like them that much. So no. No, I'm not going that far, but I might maybe a little something, something on the Montreal Canadiens to keep me interested. Uh, I
1: don't know, man. That Leafs team, that's just whew. What's your guys' most confident pick out of all of those though? Other I'm than the Oilers. six.
0: Hey, Are you I'm- saying I'm confident in the <laughs> yeah, Oilers. I'm very confident in the Oilers. In, I'm very confident in Avalanche in five, and I'm also very confident in Bruins beating Washington. I think Washington just—I don't think the magic is is there this season. for They're them. at the and end. I think, man. I think Boston's running real good right now.
2: Yeah, I think the I'm... addition to Hall really brought really refreshed them, and I think Washington's at the at the near end of the stage of their championship uh, caliber type run. So I think uh, Boston's going to Boston's going to take that one.
1: I'm the biggest Barry Trotz stan. I think there is. I'm. I think the Islanders come out of that East this year, or well, I, whatever you call that East, whatever their division. You know what I
3: mean? yeah. I'm very confident in Avs over the Blues and whatever I said. Five, six. What six, about six, what,
1: six, six, what
2: about what about home here, boys? What's everyone got for this one? I know I'm sitting. We in... already did it. Oh, we did do this already. too did. not Podcast has gone only on a seven, long yeah. time. Yeah,
3: a All right, Tyler. Get your buttons ready. Time for the Deuce Vodka Hot Cold Performers of the Week. If you head over to deucevodka.com forward slash find us, you will be able to find a store locator everywhere you can get Deuce Vodka. If you follow Brad Stepanko on Instagram or Twitter, the bearded Brad, you will see Neon Nation bomb anytime uh, anytime he scores. Leon scores, that is. So head on over to Deuce Vodka. Enjoy the pictures of Brett Kissel. Enjoy the Deuce Vodka ads that are hilarious. Enjoy them all. Make sure to enjoy responsibly. As we do every week, we start off with our cold performance of the week. We get our veggies out of the way first. Nation Dan, you're up first on my screen. Your Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week.
1: Well, it's going to be very on brand that my Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week is the haters of the Deuce Vodka commercial. Those commercials have me roaring every single time I watch them. They are so much fun. Everybody's dropped a deuce in their life. Everybody said that statement that I've dropped a deuce. You get it. It's fun. People are talking about it. We're having fun with it. Oiler fans are having fun with it. Deuce Vodka haters. You're my cold performer of the week.
3: Y'all stink.
1: Nice. <laughs> nice, Tyler. Nice. Yeah.
3: Tyler, you're next up on my screen. You're Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. I'm going to give
0: it to the fact that we have to play out these god-awful regular season <laughs> games. I'm a media guy. I get it. I understand the NHL doesn't want to give money back. Sportsnet needs to satisfy their ad partners, all of that shit. But like, come on, like, I'm just itching. I want playoff hockey. This is, I said this on my pregame podcast. This is like if you knew you were having a juicy steak for dinner and everything you wanted on, it's going to be cooked perfectly. Your mouth is watering. But first they put a bowl of plain oatmeal in front of you and said, no, you need to finish this whole bucket of plain oatmeal before you get your steak dinner, I don't want that. These last few games, even tomorrow, the Oilers game, I'm always excited for an Oilers game, but this is the plain oatmeal before a steak dinner, and I don't like it.
3: I'm upset. Tyler, make sure that you get your fiber in, all right, buddy? I care about your bowels. Uh, Rick, you're next up. Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week.
2: Well, I don't think anything has changed, but, uh, and I know I've gone off on this organization a couple of weeks ago, but uh, the NCAA again, um, they have the women's golf tournament, that they the women's uh, regional to set up for the, the, the finals, and they have come out and said that, no, sorry, the course is playable, but not at championship level. Therefore, they canceled the whole tournament for the ladies only, the dudes were actually out there uh, on, on the practice greens and whatnot doing their thing. They canceled the ladies tournament said, we'll just take the top six teams and the top three best players not involved there. And we'll advance you guys and just gave up. And I just don't see them doing this with men's golf. I don't see them doing with any type of men's sport. So again, this is the NCAA just a corrupt organization who does not treat people all the exact same way. And honestly, these guys got to fix themselves because they've, they've been so bad for so long. And man, we just got, we need to move past that. These ladies in their senior year, they deserve to be able to play. This is on NCAA again for just, they're just letting the women's sport down.
1: They are just fucking ass right now. Col- uh, a caveat there, allegedly in your opinion that they a corrupt organization?
3: Yes, of course. Yes. Allegedly in Rick's opinion.
1: We don't need legal Uh, (laughs) calling up. So I have you guys around here for,
2: thank you. Uh,
3: My deuce vodka cold performer of the week is I'm going to point it at Oilers fans that just, they can't have any fun. You know, we're, we're one meaningless game away from getting into a playoff run here. All I still see, handfuls of people pointing out the holes. Well, they're not good enough here. They're not good enough there. This has gone wrong. Dave Tippett fucks this up. Ken Holland sucks this. It's just like, relax. Can't we just go into this knowing we've got the two best players on earth. We've got an old man giving roly vibes. We've got a playoff tournament where anything can happen. Enjoy it. Have some fucking fun. For fuck's sake, we've been gagging for Oilers playoff hockey for over a decade, years, we've been trying to get to this point where we can have playoffs and have fun. And just to get there and still be pointing out all the negatives without even just enjoying the ride, all I'm asking, please, Oilers fans, sometimes you just got to stop and smell the flowers. So all you negative naysayers that can have no fun no matter what, we're all having a good time. I encourage you to get out of your head and join us. You are my Cold Performer of the Week. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. Flipping the ledger, it is time for our delicious dessert. Mr. Uramchuk, you are up first. You're Deuce Falk, a hot performer of the week. The
0: news, and I suppose the decision that was made by the three of us right before we started recording, we heard your cries online. We are bringing you two episodes a week of Oilers Nation Radio throughout the the Oilers playoff run every Friday and every Tuesday after the playoffs officially begin. So, not this coming Tuesday, but the Tuesday after, you can expect two episodes of Oilers Nation Radio in your ear holes every week. And I love it because I love talking hockey with you guys. And I love that people wanted two a week. So, there you go. Hot Performer of the Week is us for adding a second episode. Pour
3: it on. Pour it on. I love Jack. Uh, Nation Dan, you're up next to my screen. Your Deuce Fog, a Hot Perform of the Week.
1: Well, uh, I believe somebody on the podcast made him their Hot Performer of the Week when he actually passed the uh, Gordie Howe record of games played. Uh, but my Hot Performer of the Week from Deuce Vodka is going to go out to the Howe family for the way that they handled the the exchange. So uh, Patrick Marlowe's stick from his record-breaking games played game will go into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame wanted to know what, the Howe family wanted to do with the stick that Gordie Howe broke the games played record with and the Howe family, you know, demanded, or I guess asked for that stick to be given to the Marlowe family. What a special, special token of gratitude and, and a special thing for Patrick Marlowe, who I think has taken some unfair heat for the fact that he broke one of Gordie Howe's record and isn't, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, but for, yeah, for the Gordie Howe family, uh, pretty special moment for them to bestow upon patrick marlowe when he had such a special uh, special record that he broke so how family you are my deuce vodka hot performer of the week
3: put some respect on my name i don't get how anybody's having a bad time with marlowe's games record it's so weird it's goofy uh, rick you're up next Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the week
2: well, I was going to give it to the the entire organization for uh, maybe not just this week, but the entire league, the entire season getting us here. But after hearing what Tyler just said, I'm going to give it to the, all the people that reached out and wanted us to do a second podcast. I had no idea there were people out there knocking on the door wanting that type of thing. So the fact we're going to get an opportunity to sit down twice a week, do this stuff, is going to be... Uh, I think it's going to be fantastic. I, I, I do think there's going to be a bit of a special run. I think we could see something 06 esque. And uh, doing this twice a week is, uh, I think it's going to be fun. So I want to say thank you to everyone who just uh, demanded that we do this twice a week.
3: It hadn't been forgotten I My Deuce Faka Hot Performer of the Week is going to go out to everybody that continues to book their vaccines. Everybody that has got at least one shot, I salute you. Everybody who's booked in for shot one, I salute you. If you need to know where to go, albertahealthservices.ca has got all the options available. You can book online. It's got a list of pharmacies that you can call. You can call 811 to book an appointment there. The reason I'm pushing it my hot performer of the week is that everybody that getting it done is getting us one step closer to being back at Rogers Place enjoying these games together. That's what I care about. So go out, get your vaccine, get your dose, All of us on this podcast have got shot one. Can't wait for shot two. I can't wait to be doing these podcasts in the same room as you guys. I can't wait to be hanging out with everybody that's listening. I can't wait for the events. I can't wait to go to games. Hot Performer of the Week goes out to everybody that's gotten vaccine or is booked in to get a vaccine. Let's keep it going.
0: The big guy is
2: smoking hot. Uh,
0: Let the record show I got mine on Monday and still have my Band-Aid on. I'm... When I was in the room,
1: I I made a joke to the pharmacist that she wouldn't get, but it was, I I told my podcast mates that I was going to get one shot before 10 or 10 (laughs) shots before one. And she didn't (laughs) understand, had no idea what I was talking about. Just, just not happy with me.
3: Tyler, you got yours on Monday. This is Friday. How do you still have the bandaid on? Have you not showered this time? No, I think he's
2: wrapping it in saran wrap. Like he's got a tattoo or something. No, man. Like I, this
0: bandaid and I'm now it's a social experiment. I shower once or twice a day depending on how greasy i feel i am and this thing a, ain't
2: coming off can we get a brand name of this
0: i, yeah, feel, I feel like, like if, if this thing's to.
2: lasting four or five days yeah yeah we deserve a, they deserve a little pump and this like not even showing band-aid.
0: signs like a little bit of peeling on it but i hey i know it's gross as hell but we're in <laughs> lockdown no one sees me anyways <laughs> poor girlfriend <laughs> She's like, does the girlfriend terrible. still
3: have her band-aid on
1: <laughs> no
0: not at all she's a normal person <laughs>
3: I didn't even get a bandaid.
0: I was That's- bleeding a little bit. She made me like hold the thing on there for a while as well. Got no, me my, good. I was my, like, get my, it in there body, deep.
3: My body just <laughs> soaked it in like the fucking first <laughs> rainfall in spring. You know, it's just like, get in there. Can't
0: wait. Uh, I'm sure everyone listening with their headphones in appreciated us going.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, one last thing that I just want to end off the podcast with. Today we officially launched the playoff hashtag Mission Twenty One everything you use or everything you tweet post on Instagram for the Oilers playoff run, use hashtag mission 21. We're going to find your stuff. We're going to share it on the nation accounts. We're going to have some fun with all the posts that everybody's doing throughout this playoff run. So please use the hashtag mission 21 and head on over to nation gear, get yourself a mission Stanley t-shirt to commemorate the experience. Why not? Look as good as Tyler does right now. He's not wearing a Mission Twenty One T-shirt, but he is wearing a Hope Will Never Die hoodie. That
2: hoodie, I do not believe that hoodie is available anymore.
0: This is this is one of my favorite. This is my favorite hoodie I have in my closet. I wear this. I'll wear this thing until it's nothing. It's just tattered.
3: I do also enjoy that one. Maybe we should bring it back. Very nice one. We'll bring that back. From all of us here on the podcast and our friends at Sherwood Ford, Skip the Dishes, Cornerstone Insurance, and Deuce Vodka, thank you very much for listening to episode of 138, or There's Nation Radio. Not next Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, we will have we will get to two episodes a week throughout the playoffs. Can't wait to do it. Can't wait to talk about more hockey. Again, hit us up with your series predictions, on Radio Podcast. Leave reviews. And thank you for the feedback and getting us to do two shows a week. I'm looking forward to talking to the boys and I'm looking forward to talking to you, the listeners from all of us. Thanks again. Have a great weekend. One more game. It's closing time. People go Oilers.
1: Shout out Damien.
3: Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers nation radio, a member of the nation network of podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media, to stay up to date and never miss a podcast.